Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, hello everyone. We are live from New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. Uh, today on the show, how do you decide to either renovate or sell your apartment and at what cost for both? Facing the co-op board process and the eventual interview, what key elements do you need to know? Inventory is at near records, but sellers have to be more uh, compelling on the market to sell quickly. What makes an investment property a good rental property? And what are some of the contingencies that show up in our real estate deals? Where did all the tax abatements go, as everybody keeps asking me? And if you have floor-to-ceiling windows in your new condo, how do you decorate? That is a dilemma. And that uh-huh. and so much more as we get underway here. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I am Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, The Real Deal is reporting that following one of the most tumultuous legislative sessions in recent memory, John Banks has announced that he plans to step down from the Real Estate Board of New York Jim Whalen, executive vice president, will take the helm starting yesterday, July 1st. Banks maintains the reason for his departure has nothing to do with the passage of the new rent law, widely viewed as a tremendous loss for the real estate industry. But it's clear, Revney, the Real Estate Board of New York, will face considerable pressure from its members to figure out how to influence a legislature that increasingly doesn't want to be caught dead taking Revney's money. New York City's Board of Standards and Appeals again upheld the development and construction of 200 Amsterdam Avenue, despite years of pushback from both neighborhood groups and members of the state Supreme Court. In possible protests of state-level overreach, the board's vote of support will allow SJP properties to legally continue construction of the 668-foot tower. This decision marks the third failed attempt by opponents to halt construction of the project, which was twice upheld by the board is legal and within applicable applicable zoning laws. Opponents to the development took umbrage with uh, both the height of the project and the assemblage of neighboring lots, which allowed developers to essentially stack available air rights. We had a story about this last week in another development. Chinese home buyers last year ponied up much less cash in the U.S. as the trade war continues to escalate between the two worlds, uh, the world's two largest economies, rather. As President Donald Trump and President Xi met at the G20 summit last week, there are worries that the decline in spending could uh, extend further. U.S. property sales to Chinese buyers saw a 4% drop from 2017 to 2018, according to numbers provided by China's largest foreign property uh, sales site. And uh, sales in, of Manhattan properties jumped for the first time in a year and a half, but the good news, uh, good times aren't necessarily likely back so fast. Real estate uh, sales volume in Manhattan rose 13% in the second quarter, according to a report from Douglas Elliman and Miller Samuel. The median sale price for an apartment in Manhattan hit a record of $1.2 million, while the average sale price remained flat at $2.1 million. Many brokers and developers are cheering for what they uh, say could mark a turnaround for Manhattan real estate, which had seen six straight quarters of declines. But real estate experts say the real reason for the bump in sales is more troubling, and that is taxes. And finally, The Real Deal reports that hundreds of real estate professionals converged last Thursday on City Hall for a public hearing about bills aimed at reducing rent costs by capping brokers' fees. In the Baking Sun, holding sun, signs that said, don't cap my income, I was one of them. 
Uh, Ooh, and agents are tennis too. <laughs> agents are tennis too. Brokers waited for hours to be led onto city council grounds where a protest was held before a hearing commenced due to overfill. Uh, many were forced to wait behind gates and could not attend the hearing. The strong turnout spoke to the anger and frustration many brokers feel about the proposals, which they fear could dramatically cut their income. The city council's push follows uh, landmark rent reforms passed in Albany earlier this month and comes as debate about housing plays out at the federal level in the lead up to the 2020 election. If passed, the city council's new measures could limit broker fees to one month's rent in cases where the broker is hired by the landlord. An amendment made a month ago after three city council members withdrew support for a bill that would have capped all rental brokers commissions to one month's rent, uh, regardless of who, who the broker was. It remains unclear when the city council will vote on intro 1423. And of course, we will have more on that in the future and we will keep you uh, absolutely updated on where that all goes. But I have to tell you something. It was a very interesting protest. I went not because I do a lot of rentals, but because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, concerned for anybody in our business. But I've never t- done anything like that before. And I have to tell you something. It's like one, watching some of these congressional hearings uh-huh. on television. Uh-huh. I mean, it's pretty much run the same way. And the city council members were pretty tough on us as brokers. And, and brokers uh, in the audience had an opportunity to testify, so they called it, uh, if they wanted to. But some of the people who are for this bill, um, you know, uh, various people around the, uh, the state uh, were testifying against us. And some of the things they were saying were, was pretty sad. I mean, you know, everybody, like I always say on this program, is looking to put their hands in our pockets and take our money. Yeah. Yeah, and true. when you hear people actually say it in a, in a testimony kind of thing, it was very, uh, very scary. Yeah, people don't have a lot of respect for our industry, unfortunately. And it showed greatly yeah. the other day. I mean, it was I was shocking. And, you know, I'm around long enough to, to have seen everything. And I got to tell you something. It was actually shocking. I could not believe what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, some... You What's know, some your read things. on it then, Vince? I, I would have been if I'd been in town. I was really sad to... Well, you know, there were a thousand... They, they claim there were over a thousand people there. And they were keeping half the crowd out because they just won't let them in because it was getting a little out of hand. I'm and this, I, this is after they, they moved the original date because they were they worried about it. I mean, very date, sneaky. It, yeah. That's really, very I mean, it's very blatant was, what they're doing, sneaky. right? Yeah, I mean, they moved it the day before. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. They did. But our, our company, uh, you know, was on top of that and, and, and told us all, yes, there were a lot yeah. of elements. people I mean, I think there. Rebney was and definitely... And a lot of Compass people there. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, my feeling is, and I think Richard Grossman said this last week too, not so sure it's going to go anywhere. I, I There was a lot of pushback. A lot. Good. And the city council members kind of like were red in the face at some point. So, yeah. You think I, they were surprised by, even though with all their little sneaky things, I think still they were surprised support. by the reaction. Really? I mean, uh, we're we're a tough bunch, and and we're pretty proud of what we do, regardless mm-hmm. of public opinion. And we have a and, great value add. And we have a great value add. And you know, there are plenty of people act- out there that can attest to that. And like you said, people are always putting their hands in our pockets and we have to defend ourselves. And I don't think so. they actually know what's going on. You know, I, I, I was one of the folks that just calls the city, the, the, the office councilmen, and just talk to their, their secretaries because they'll never put you through. And I'm like, well, can you explain what, what you think? And they, they don't really know what's yeah, going on. No, not. Their answers are, well, rent's too high. It's just too expensive. I'm like, you know, but this is also New York, New York City, city well, brother. Here, well, here, well and, and that came through loud and clear, but the, the overriding feeling, you know, by all of them who were testifying against us and against our commissions was 
the rents are too high yeah, and so, people can't afford the rent. So we need to provide more yeah, people are renting What does that have to do with us? Basis. You're just attacking well, everybody? But, but, right. but, in their mind, but in their mind, because the rents are too high, someone's got to pay for that. Uh, so it should be right. the broker because and they you should amortize. take it out of Let our me put pocket. my hand in your pocket and you see how you feel. You amortize the broker fee we and that's doing, how they all of a sudden it adds to the rent. It's a job we chose. It's a service. I mean – why should we be responsible for what the market just naturally does? You know, as people in the back of the room were shouting, if you can't afford to live in New York City, go somewhere else. <laughs> we don't I, that's why, that. that's that's why I came to true. New York. That's true. Harsh I came to New York harsh, because rent's too but high. true. Yeah. And well, that's where you can make money in real estate. Like, that's why you, you know, come we, here. We, we, all we, don't, we don't set the market. Elsewhere. We don't set the rates. Yeah. No. We're just there to facilitate and do the best that we can for our clients. Correct. And if you work hard enough in this town, and if you can make it in this town, you can make it anywhere. That and is right. Anything. We say this all the time. <laughs> da, da, da. But it's the truth. And look, I understand affordable housing. I get it. But, you know, listen, this is New York City, and we all have family and friends who live elsewhere. And we look at rents, and we think, oh, my God, that's all you pay in rent for this? I I, it's oh, like it's amazing. But, but it's the, the palatial, I mean, we have made the choice to pay more yes, for less space for absolutely. the privilege and honor of living in the greatest city in the world. Well, so. well, 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 well said, said Tracy. And, 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 and that's well all said. I, can, <laughs> I love that. And I, and I second that. All right. With us today is Anna Shagalov from Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Niall uh, Lundgren from Compass, and special guest panelist today, Ante Jackick. He's Woo. also from Compass. And Ante is a real estate advisor and top producing agent with Compass, who has brokered some of the city's most remarkable properties and set records, set record breaking prices. Ante is a townhouse and luxury condo expert, consistently recognized as a top townhouse selling broker, as well as prominent condominium co op expert. He represents some of the finest homes all over Manhattan. He has been written up in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Brokers Weekly, New York Magazine, and The Real Deal for recognizing his unique listings and professional accomplishments. Auntie has been active member of and supporter of Forbes 30 under 30. You can't even be 30 years old, for heaven's sakes. Since entering the business at a very young <laughs> age, not. he has represented both buyers and sellers. Too bad Matt's not here uh, today. He's not. Look at run at the millennial. <laughs> Successful, but not 30. Auntie is a native New Yorker and spends his summers between the Hamptons, Croatia, and other parts of Europe. I told him the other day he's taking me with him. He is fluent in English, Croatian, and Spanish. Welcome to the program this morning. Thank Good you. to have you. Uh, all right, so um, we have to go to break in a few minutes, but I just want to uh, ask a question. So I, I saw something come across my desk the other day. Destination areas are in demand. Commodity-type mm -hmm. units are not. What do you guys feel about that? So, you know, people are now in a – and it's sort of a, a questionable down marketplace. People are going to destination areas, Bushwick, Crown Heights, maybe Lower East Side – Versus just looking all over the place and buying, you know, whatever they buy all over the place. Commodity units are typically not. And I say commodity equals right now new development, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think? Hmm. I know. Stump the panel, Vince. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> First question out of the Stump day. the panel. No, but, but seriously, I mean, you know, we all know that people have, you know, neighborhood requirements. And I need to live here. I have to be close to a subway. I have to be close to this. Yes. My work is here. You know, whatever. But today it seems to be more uh, prevalent that people want to go to a certain area, maybe because they think the prices are lower. Well, I have being, seen that. Being a buyer's market, I mean, people are definitely looking for deals wherever they can get them. I don't know that I would say commodity <clears throat> units are, are 
that category that people aren't going to. I think it's just there's a lot of inventory and people have choices. Yeah, I mean, when, we, when I first started in the business 11 years ago, they would say, all right, I want to live on 23rd Street, you know, west of right. 3rd Avenue. Within 10 miles. Yeah, we're very, very specific, very specific because, yeah. you know, Uber didn't exist and all that stuff. But now it definitely has opened it up. But, definitely. you know, if someone's price conscious and they're looking to have a $1 million budget to get a one bed in, you know, the Lower East Side, for example, Bushwick is great because you can grab a two bed for under a million. You and get a two bed for yeah, our, maybe have two outdoor million, space. for a million in the Lower East Side, too. And the Upper East Side now. Yeah, And exactly. the Upper East Side for sure. All right, we have to go to break. Leave it there. Uh, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America <clears throat> uh, Radio Network. We will be back after these messages, so please don't go away. A lot more to come. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. So to follow on the question I asked before the break, um, working with the, on the buy side means you have to be very flexible these days. But working on the sell side, to me, means you have to have a lot more uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> yes, you do. Do we it's still that think that this is going on? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not even just about the price or the marketing or what are you doing for me. It's also, um, would you like to extend my exclusive for another six yes, months? Because exactly. I've had so much success with you these first six months. And some of the pushback I've I've seen is like, well, I'll give you three months, you know, three yes, three I've months. Yes, I've gotten that on the, on the renewal. Yeah, 
you know, and hopefully they'll do another three. But, you know, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, everybody is questioning everything. And I'm not quite sure where it all lands and settles at, at some point. But I'm going to remain completely optimistic. So, I, I mean, Absolutely. I know that, you know, we have lots of stuff, you know, getting in the way mm. of things these days. But, you well, know, what, what, look, just in life in general, what goes down always comes up again somewhere that, around the corner. Uh, in all my York experience, City real estate, yeah. yes. In New York City real estate, yes. I think the most important thing when working with a seller is managing those expectations from the very, very beginning. Yes. Gone are the days where you can, exactly. where people are overpricing just to get a listing or they should be gone because it's, I've, it's never been my practice anyway. I've always tried to be as honest and, and price sensitive as possible depending on the market. Um, but setting those expectations from the start so that you don't have to deliver such bad news. They, they kind of understand what's going on and you're doing your best and you're going to go outside the box and you're going to you know, do events and get as much publicity and as much marketing um, opportunities as you can. And if you start it off that way and 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 price appropriately and strategize with your seller as a partner, then it shouldn't the the conversation shouldn't be that uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, that. I'm losing more listing uh, listings today than ever in my career because people still want to price high. Well, that's just and just to just piggyback off that. Are, I, I walked yeah. out of a listing appointment yesterday after seven minutes in the apartment. Mm-hmm. They were just completely unrealistic, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you said you're losing it. I, I mean, I could say I lost that too, but it was my decision okay. because they're compl- there's, there's no you. point. I said, you Don't know what? Your time or your I said, you're, dollars, I said right? you're completely unrealistic. Totally mm-hmm. cool. I get it. When you're ready, mm-hmm. call me. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I left, she's like, hey, can you send me more information? I'm like, when you're ready and you're realistic, we'll talk about it. How much overpriced were they thinking? A lot. Okay. Like 25%. Oh, wow. It was, it was, a, little, it was a little too much. Had, like, had they bought within the past few years? And they were no, it was, a, it, was a, it was an old, old. it was like a first time in 30 years. So. Oh, my and, goodness. And 25% How can over people be means, that clueless, though? You I know, mean, you know, no, and it's actually really funny. She I think actually, if it's a penthouse, you can do it because you not. can try. Yeah. But if it's something standard, it was, there's, it was there's in the, no point. Yes. Yeah. It was in the East Village near Jordan's uh, development on 7th. And okay. she actually cited oh. that place. Like, oh, well, penthouses on D are going for this much. I'm like, different product. Shout out to Jordan Shea. Great exactly. development. That was a great yeah. development. Really, a great development yeah. on uh, East Seventh Street. I was yeah. I was actually Cheap blown amazing. away because I don't know the the product there all that well, but yeah. I was actually blown away. Uh, I do, nice. and it's uh, it's it's definitely a cut above. Yeah, oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah. All right. So on the heels of that, how are comps doing these days? I mean, we have to have tough conversations with sellers. Yeah. We have to really be flexible with buyers. It is a, a designated buyer's market. But are comps helping us today or are they not? I mean, they, they always have helped us in the past. I, think they I don't are. know about today. I mean, so what I what I'm finding is that you look at you look at sold comps and you look at the dollar per square foot, and then you look at active listings on the market, the dollar per square foot yeah. active listings are lower than the comps that closed within the That's last correct. six months to a year. So looking at uh, active listings, and, and, and contract signed and days on the market and all there's so much more to comps than just numbers Absolutely. than just closed price nowadays Absolutely. well then, I think I'm, you have to do a combination of both active on market and sold and show them the comparison yeah Whereas and days on the market ago, for contract signed correct and years ago, we used to just show them closed comps, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what was on the market because exactly. everybody wanted what they wanted. But now you, you basically would pull the closed numbers. Here's what closed yeah. in your building, in your on your block, in your vicinity, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. And look what they're asking now. It's and less. Look, well, right. it, yeah. exactly. well, depending on the time. But And then and yeah. a, a little offshoot of that, Vince, is that are you guys seeing with appraisals that the comps are sometimes I, I'm fi- fearing and seeing the return to a few under appraisals yes. with certain products, yep. which is not so fun. Mm. I'm I'm. I'm Back to being fearful. I remember the days yeah. after the financial crash in mm-hmm. eight and eight and oh eight and oh nine, yeah. where 
everything was under appraising and significantly mm-hmm. 25%, 50% wow. in some case. Oh, believe me. 50%. So, oh, wow. I never saw that. New development. Me. Oh, yes. Wow. Not much, not much, but uh-huh. but in some cases, yes. So I'm, we're not, I'm not there. Hiring. No, no, no. We're, <laughs> we're not, not, no, not there. No, 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 we're not anywhere near <laughs> God, there. But, 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 but my mind goes back to those days every time I, I you know, do an appraisal, I'm like, Oh, cross everything because you just mm-hmm. don't know where their head is and where their mind is, and you know you provide them with as much exactly data you, as you can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we go above and beyond to make sure that they have accurate information. Everything. And I just had something that underappraised by twenty thousand, yeah. and I gave him all the comps that yeah. supported my number. Mm-hmm. He ignored them and and ignored all the Standard. explanations of what you know, um, um, view the condition, things like that, that, yeah. that was supported the Long number. Island? Yes, he was. Were you able to push <laughs> well, back? Well, was we the old We would have appealed, but we settled. We settled okay. with the buyers. I actually yeah, had something. They come from out of borough. They don't know what they're doing. I have something <clears> very <throat> interesting. One of my favorite appraisers, I'm always happy when I see his name, uh, you know, with the yeah. bank. I know I'm not going to have to worry. Yeah. He, it was just a small studio. He underappraised it significantly. Thankfully, we were able to work it out. When I went back to him, because of our working friendship and relationship, he basically said, this is a man who's been in the business some 25 years, that he didn't want to rock the boat because there had been a lot of layoffs in his appraisal company, oh, yeah. come and on. he was well, afraid to really do anything. But you know what the problem I have? So he was choosing is, who to screw. Basically. Yeah. Well, basically. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, here, the problem I have with that is because I'm such a uh, you know an emotional and, and good person, but even though you're able to work it out with an appraiser and you work it out all sides involved if an appraisal comes in lower... You still can't avoid the bad taste in the buyer's mouth that but they feel they've overpaid. They're overpaying. Yeah. They feel like they're overpaying. Even if you get back to the number that they're on contract for mm-hmm. or a little lower, they still feel, and I guess rightly so, whoa, you know, so they worked it out, but did I really just overpay for something? Right. So, you know, and then the, there's they a think whole in this market, of, am I the one person that overpaid in this buyer's market? Yeah. Which is not the case. A lot of times it's just a low ball bad appraisal. There's even a whole bunch of comps support it. Yeah. Correct. Even, even if the comps support yeah. it. Well, that's. Yeah, well, that's they'll hold on to the one comp that is like yeah. far, far fetched and supports their number. As opposed to the number that. So, in, in summary, we're all sense. working a lot harder for a lot less yes. money we're, these days. Vince. That's, Yay! Well, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line for all of us. We're working right. harder for a lot less these days. But again, like I said, optimistically, things will turn around. So here's they always so. do. Yes. They always as do. we follow with this line of conversation in a recent Street <laughs> da, da, da. Easy <laughs> in a recent Street Easy survey, a majority of New York City homeowners, 58% surveyed, admitted that their homes needed a little TLC. Okay, while another 18% said their places could use some serious updating. Okay, so 58% say, well, you know, a little touch up here, a little touch up there. 18% say wrecking ball, whatever. So what's the best course of action? If your home needs work, is it better to spend time and money renovating it or simply move to a newer or nicer apartment? And how much would either option cost you? Now, you know, sellers ask me this all the time, especially if they are in need of work. Do I do a major renovation, Vince, or do I just kind of do little touch-up, glossy this and that, and see see where we go with that? I mean, how much do you guys see in your business? I've seen it both ways. I mean, definitely my usual rule of thumb, I don't know about you guys, but is don't renovate if it is a complete gut. Let the person coming in, Correct, they're not going to want to pay twice for renovations that might not be. Selling. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, right. But, but are then, they willing to adjust the the sell the purchase price mm-hmm. or the selling price listed price I should say to the fact that a buyer coming in is going to say well but this needs a hundred thousand yeah. dollars worth of whatever or a hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of whatever I don't know what's well, something you have to couch to them and, and, and certainly let them know 
to the owner to make, make I mean, sure I'm that searching they understand. for homes from with my sister up in Westchester and, and part of the, the reason I was up over the weekend. And you look, look at the end of the day, there are even issues in houses in Westchester sure. or probably in other boroughs where, you know, you walk in and you say, OK, well, the price is OK and everything is negotiable, of course. But then she looks at me and she says, well, what do you think the renovation is going to be? And I say, this is 150000 And she said, is that New York prices or is that Westchester mm-hmm. prices? <laughs> Fair I'm question. like, $150,000, period. <laughs> Better to be conservative anyway, especially with your sister, right? Even if it's a hundred. So yeah. do, right. does the seller take $100,000 off the selling price? No, he's not going to do that. I mean, no. he may negotiate a little bit, which everything is negotiable these days. But the well, cost of a renovation is not going to come in, and especially here in the city. That everybody comes and says, "This apartment needs X." Yeah. All of a sudden, you're an expert. How do you know what it costs? <laughs> well, that's also very subjective, right? Because sometimes, you know, maybe it could be done for eighty thousand, or you could go really high end and bump it up to one fifty. I mean, so that's not on the seller. There is some give and take with that. I think that. But you, you, know, can, you, you I'm sorry, Tracy. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> totally. No, no, you. No, no, you. <laughs> no, you. Um, th- there are so many architects and contractors out there that are willing to spend their time and come to the apartment and give you an estimate. And do the they, they, do, they do not charge you. They want they want your business at the end of the day, and they'll give you a number so you can actually work with real numbers. We shouldn't be the people quoting what it's going to cost. Where that's not where our expertise is. It is not. We have a little bit of understanding and knowledge because we've all been through right. it before. But I never make a final number. I I can guesstimate and say I think this and and I think that, based on whatever. But you need to get a, a more experienced person in here to tell you exactly what's going on. And look, either the numbers are going to work in your favor or not. So I basically say to people, I agree with you, Tracy, that, you know, don't do a gut renovation if you're going to sell. Do something, you know, minor, touch up. Maybe it's decluttering. Maybe it's staging. God knows we've talked mm. about that many right. times on the show. Make right. it painting easy. Make Floors. it look Floors are presentable. Big. Floors, floors are where you're gonna you're gonna see so much wear and tear, and it could make or break the, the first floors, impression. And that's not that expensive of an not, upgrade. It's actually. kind of a pain I, in the ass to do. Sorry. Before I, I was on air, you but, um, <laughs> that was pain in the ass to do. But it's it's so worth it at the end of the day, and it's really not that expensive. Listen, before I was in the business, and I was a buyer, and I bought and sold seven apartments, as I always say on the show. One of the first things I would walk into an apartment and look at. And it was either a pro or a con for me. Was the floors? Mm-hmm. Well, especially if it's I, vacant. I, you know, you, you well, know, if it's vacant, right? your eyes without, go right to right. the floor. Without yeah. question, there's nothing you else. You can to look always at. fix them, but when you're first walking in and you see them, you think, uh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a little bit of work. I don't want to do the work. I, whatever. I'm busy. I'm running around and the world. Somehow, well, somehow, somehow, it seems, like, the world. It's somehow <laughs> it seems like such a daunting project where it's really not. It's so really the seller not. should just do it. And and that exactly. does get to the other side. I've seen where people have bought, um, even on foreclosure, or just bought a real gut reno place. They have put them into it because buyers do, if you do a very tasteful contemporary, if you're going with that aim, sometimes you actually do, if you do the cost benefit, you do get that much more for it because people will pay a premium for something that is truly turnkey. We throw that term around triple mint a lot of times when it's not deserved, but when it really is, sometimes it is worth it. All right. We're going to go to break, but first a word from our sponsors. Molecule is a complete reinvention of the air purifier, not just an improvement on existing outdated technology. It was developed by a scientist whose son suffered from asthma and who was frustrated by the fact that HEPA air purifiers did not relieve his son's symptoms. As a result, Dr. Yogi Gazwami spent 20 years developing a completely new and totally effective way of removing indoor air pollutants. Global global air uh, pollution is worsening at an ever-increasing rate. More than 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor air pollution are exposed to air quality that fails to meet WHO recommendations. 
Worse news is that the indoor air can be up to five times worse than outdoor air, according to the EPA, and most of us spend around 90% of our time indoors. Molecule replaces 50 years old antiquated technology. Molecule introduces a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Customers who suffer from allergies reportedly love their molecules. Since Molecule launched, we've heard hundreds of stories from parents, pet lovers, and severe allergy and asthma sufferers about how Molecule has transformed their lives. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Molecule doesn't look like a traditional air purifier. It's beautifully designed. Think of it as an Apple product of air purifiers. Not only is the technology inside revolutionary, but the unit itself looks sleek and modern, made with aluminum tube tubing it fits in any room of your house so molecules technology has been personally effective and verified by science but most importantly it's been tested by real people molecule has already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms so i'm endorsing this product for 75 dollars off your first order visit molecule.com m-o-l-e-k-u-l-e.com at checkout use my unique promo code Vince. Terms and conditions apply, and we will be right back. That was a PSA, and I want one. <laughs> Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, we are back, and we are here um, with the panel. We have Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman. We Hello. have <clears throat> Anna Shagalaw from Halstead. Hello. Niall Lundgren from Compass. <laughs> Hello. And Auntie Jackick from hey. Compass as well. <laughs> hey, we're all Good here. Good morning. <laughs> okay, so inventory is so at funny. near record uh, highs. Fun levels and and slowing sales. Obviously, this is a great time to buy, as we keep saying, but sellers find themselves in a tougher position than at any time in New York City's recent history. So I keep saying, create a compelling visual. 
uh, narrative through staging, potentially price with flexibility in mind and be flexible in general. When people come to you, you're the seller and buyers and agents come to you with something that you may not want to hear, but you've got to kind of absorb and, and deal with. So how can sellers, you know, in this market sell quickly? I mean, I just gave us a couple of ideas, but how can they really sell quickly or, or not? I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't guarantee anything's going to sell quickly at any correct, price correct. In, in this market. But I, I wouldn't say any price. I mean, I think any price. People are still going in and yes. and trying to negotiate. Seeing if if somebody goes in lower and it's obviously low, they're wondering if the seller has more room because they're desperate to sell. I think um, pricing a little bit low, I think, is is kind of the best strategy right now because then you get more people in the door. And I mean, as I said on on a show a couple of weeks ago, I actually had bidding wars. I had yes. four bidding wars in one week because we were priced a little yes. bit low. And um, everything worked out just fine, but that's that. I mean, I guess I was going to say it's a one-off, but it's a four-off. No, hats <laughs> off to you I think for getting the, a seller to agree to that. That's the yeah. smart strategy well, in today's market, Anna. It's that risky. Really is. It's <clears throat> risky, but it's it's, well, it's actually all, a little less risky actually than pricing high. Yeah, you can't 100%. price too low. I actually I, I don't think it's risky. I just had the same thing, and I, I mentioned it on this program. Um, we came in that way studio for the studio for like came, one day on the market, one yeah. hour Inc- open wow. house on the market, and three offers. Competitive, over ask. Uh, we finalized over asking price. It's a strange market, but but that's because I said to the seller, you know, you want this, but I'm going to say let's try this. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, the, the, a lot of people don't want to underprice, but I said to her, I said, listen, if even if you get full ask offer at the under ask at price that we we list for, you don't have to take it, right? You know, and that's a big misconception, actually. People think that they have to take the number if they get it. And I explained it, and that's the only reason she agreed to do that. And so I knew where we were going to sell because other units in that building sold at that price or almost that price because everything is down these days. But she agreed. We came under the asking price, and I say way under what it should have been. One hour on the marketplace, and she, you know, the next day when I was sending her these these offers, she says, "Are you kidding me? Are you? Is this a joke?" I said, "Uh -uh, (laughs) "Uh-uh, not a joke, for real." Now. Success with her doesn't mean everybody else is going to agree. Mm-hmm. Because well, when curious. you tell people they should sell for less than they're going to get, they can't even conceptualize that. Yeah, I'm curious what price points we're talking about for your four, Anna, and for the studio of yours. Six hundred. Uh, price range. range. All for all four. Yeah. And and that is actually I, think, I don't know about if you gentlemen have seen this, um, Nyla or Ante, but so I had a one bedroom that was a condo in the Upper West Side that we underpriced and it ended up going and with a bidding war seven and a half percent over ask, but that was you know under nine hundred thousand. So mm. it is interesting under a million. I think we are still seeing bidding wars. I had actually a couple of them were were just over the million mark, like okay. one two one three. Yeah, but it, I wonder yeah. like if on the the larger. But don't you think that two point five, for example, three point five, mm-hmm. three zero, whatever the, the number affordable is, affordable luxury for the normal affordable people luxury, here, right? right? I mean, don't you think that if you underprice some of those units, that you're going to get more traffic? Yes. In the door and 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 more yes. people. Those are the to units that more. you have to price right under the threshold of where people are searching on their search engines. Yeah, because there's way more of them. I yeah. There's so, so many, absolutely. Yeah. That there's two to so three million many. dollar price and pocket. And the tax abatements. So we're thinking we're going to talk about that this in the show, but a lot of them are coming up. So it's really mm-hmm. putting the monthly payments a little, mm-hmm. little on, is, on, yeah, on skewed, right? Absolutely. That's what allowed you to get the higher prices yeah. even a few years ago. And my own new development condo now, we're, we're hitting 10 years in July, this month. Yeah. And um, I could have made more if I'd sold a couple of years ago. Yeah. But 
Just like sell. we said with the real estate market earlier, Tracy, what what is down usually goes up, what and in your case, you're going to pull assess taxes. Yeah. Oh, yep. my God. Exactly. My, the building I sold, I sell all the time on the west side, yeah. we, we, uh, 2020, next year. Uh-oh. So they're all starting to kind of get a little, mm. you know, they've increased 20% every two years, yeah. but, you know, now they're... The mindset says, oops, no more discount because right. tax abatements always equal discounts to people, nothing else. And it is. But that's how they think. And that's what they want. So when I say compelling, create a compelling visual narrative, text, and description, and in staging. Because as Auntie said, there are so many of these higher priced units out there. You go from one to the next to the next. I met somebody a couple of Sundays ago at my open house. And she said, oh, this is like the seventh apartment we've been to today. And they all look the same. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which one are you going to take? <laughs> but I will promise you, mine is better. There it is. And it's a high note, number and seven, you, lucky you seven. The whole deal. So there it is. is. I mean, you can't put a price on that, Vince. You can't put a price on but, but, but So you got to make it compelling. And I don't think mine was any more compelling than the rest. But I mean, but, but how do you do that? Because, again, there is a lot out there. And people want to – and sellers ask me, well, how do, I, how do we present to make it look better than the next person? It's, it's the way you write it. Go ahead. I think it's also if there was a time to declutter, it's For now. Sure. I mean, there are, people don't wow. want to mm-hmm. see anything ugly when they come and look at these Absolutely. listings. No. No, they don't. No messy apartments, no clothes left on a chair by accident. It's Those are the things they remember, Toys especially now because everything else looks so nice, yeah. I think. It's true. Well, because there are well, and also if you're comparing new development stuff. I was stuff, just going to say that's who we're competing with. But right? even yeah. the resale, I mean, even the resales are looking beautiful. I had a Absolutely. I had a listing years ago, a one bedroom uh, penthouse walk up building in Chelsea. It was gorgeous. It didn't take that long to sell, but I had issues with the seller at the time. He was a very good friend of mine. He now lives in Germany, but you know, I would kind of like walk in and there were underwear on the floor oh, and on. the bed was never made you and there to were make the breakfast yeah. dishes I had to make the beds kick the underwear under the bed because uh-huh. I certainly wasn't touching the underwear <laughs> you know folding the towels yeah. that were dripping wet in the bathroom it's like you know guys I'm not we your maid. are showing every yeah. day so yeah. if you can't do it yourself please have somebody come in well the worst is when you have a tenant in Correct. And they don't care. They, they do not care. They don't want well, they to, they will, sabotage you they will anyway. sabotage or they won't let you in in the first <clears> place. I mean, I, well, I you can't control any of that. We've all gone above and beyond our little job description for showing. I've cleaned pubic hair out of a bathtub oh. before showing yeah. with gloves. But Too you early, do what Tracy. you have to do. <laughs> <Too early. laughs> I said the P word. Just <laughs> okay. say. Oh, another, another <laughs> thing sorry, I think is important is the windows. You know, if you if you can yes. get if you can well, clean the yes, outside of the windows, especially if you have light and view, so important. Especially if you have light and view. If you have yeah. floor to ceiling, light and view, and you have dirty windows because the building is not on the schedule yet for another two you months to pay out of pocket to do it. I recently had a seller ask me if I would pay out of my pocket to clean it, clean the window, because I carried on about how the windows need to be cleaned. She said, will you clean it? I did. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. She wasn't going to do it. And I said, Uh, what am I going to do? You have to do it. Yeah. You know, it was a little bit of a challenge. It makes a huge difference with the light. Oh, my God. One last story on this. That bests, I think, the underwear story is I had a (laughs) listing on the Upper West Side. And, you know, the woman said to me, this cat was a very erratic cat running all over the place while (laughs) I'm in there. (laughs) And so I said, so, so, you know, I had my standard list of questions that I asked people. I said, so where's the litter box? She said, oh, we don't use a litter (gasps) box. No, you lie. Oh, the toilet? The cat had free reign of the apartment? The cat had free reign of the apartment, but the cat was trained to go pee and poop in the bathtub. Yeah. Oh. 
in the bathtub. That's that is so, so nasty. That is so nasty. I mean, if they could train in the bathtub, why can't they train for the toilet? So she says to me, so she says to me, you know, for open house and when you have private showings, can you get here a half an hour early oh, so come on. you can clean the pee and poop out of the bathtub? No, thank you. Are you kidding me? Vince? I said, no, Out I won't do bathtub? that. <laughs> get a litter box and clean it yourself. So how did that get resolve itself? I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> and I would just explain to people, we didn't encounter it every showing. Uh-huh. Certainly for open house, they locked the cat in the bedroom <laughs> and said, I don't care, let her go under the bed. I don't care what she does. But um, no, I, I encountered it a couple of times and I just, I said, oh, I'm so oh, sorry. No. But, you know, I don't know where the litter box is, but I might have scared the guy. I took the blame myself. Sure. But I, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's just. Yeah. But, I mean, somebody's peeing and pooping in the bathtub that you're asking somebody to buy. Are you out of your mind? It's craziness. <laughs> yeah. Presentation. I'm writing a book someday because in 17 <laughs> yeah. years I've got, got some many, stories. many, many stories. You do have some all stories. All right. If you're thinking about buying a new condo as an investment property, where are all you investors these days? Uh, in New York City, what should you do to make sure it's a great rental? A lot of people just go around and say, oh, this is a great price. Oh, this is a great whatever. But if you're buying it only as an investment property, you're not moving into it. How do you make sure or ensure that you can easily turn around and rent it and it's going to be a valuable property for yourself? Because there are lots of there's lots of stuff out there and you just don't know which one is going to really turn a dollar for you faster, easier. I mean, first of all, just ask this all the time. Absolutely. And you have to be able, you have to be prepared to talk numbers, right? So you have to make sure that whether they're cash or they're financing, you know, there's often a sublet surcharge. So they have to even understand what their net. I mean, a lot of times, unless you're putting down at least 50%, it's not a cash flow positive investment. So there's that. But they'll even argue with you you on that. Well, I'm still putting 50% down, you know, still my money. I'm like, well, you know, it is what it is. I try to give conservative comps and then you take a sanity check once you've closed and you're really looking at putting it on the market. But do you consider when you're talking to investors' neighborhood or buildings yes. or this type versus that of type? Of course. Yeah. I've had a number of investors who have come to me and they've said basically broker's choice as far as where are the buildings that you think that I could get the best investment from. So that is looking at what are the popular buildings. I mean, right now it is it's the new, the amenities, the washer dryer units in the apartment. It also um, depends how long they want to hold on to it, because if, if it's going to be a longer term thing, then I would probably go a little bit riskier on the neighborhood, something that's more up and coming. If it's going to be absolutely. more short term and you, you want the cash to flow positively during the rental as opposed to on the sale, then you do something a little bit safer like West Village or Tribeca. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely neighborhood dependent. I also think a lot of investors in New York that buy these units that are two to five million dollars all buy in the same building and they mm-hmm. buy the same line. And then when you go to rent them, you may be competing with ten different apartments. Correct. So how does your apartment stick out? Heads so, yards. That was yeah. That's exactly well, that's correct. Concessions. That's where you. That's where concessions, you have to go concessions, but also when you're purchasing, maybe you buy the one for a little bit more with the outdoor space or, or the, the better one with the you get a storage yeah. unit with it. Right. One nice thing, actually, I had that exact scenario, Ante, with um, a, a executive client of mine looking in Hudson Yards, and there were exactly 10 that were the exact same line. And what swung it for him was that the finishes were a different color. They were a little darker. He liked the fit and finish that that owner had picked. And then they also agreed to put in nice window treatments and to organize the closets. Mm. So that was the landlord's expense. They controlled it. So that's something that they knew would be a value mm-hmm. add for any Absolutely. renter. And that was what stood out. All right. We are live from New York City. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We will continue on the other side of the break. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, uh, and we are talking about, oh, a whole bunch of things today. And I want to talk a little bit about um, several things that are important with prospective buyers. When you are having a face-to-face co-op, when you have to face the co-op board. So there, there are several steps in the process. You know, you got to do a board application, then you got to go and do an interview. And if you listen to your agents, please, people out there listening, if you listen to your brokers, we can and absolutely will make the process easier. Uh, but what people don't understand is that you can still, even if you pass what I call the paperwork mm-hmm. process, you can still fail to get into the co-op if you don't do well on the interview. Yes. So, you know, a lot of people have, you know, angst about the interview. They don't want to reveal the entirety of their own financial history. It's like I've always said on the show, it's like getting naked in front of the co-op board. Doing a 360. Correct. But you know what? If you don't, <laughs> That's what I say. I'm just I got, I got the line a full you, visual right then. there. Well, that's, there you Sorry. have it. Okay. I don't mean to be inappropriate Second this time. morning. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's just right. my standard line. I'm done. Well, but, but, no, but, this, is, but this is the it's truth true. because a lot of people, and, and as Anna just said, don't buy a, co- don't buy a co-op. Now, today, you know, uh, and, and for the most part, co-ops are cheaper. So if you're looking at price points. 20 to 25% less correct. generally. They're, so they're going to be interested in the price points because they're cheaper. But mm-hmm. The co-op boards are going to look for financial stability, numbers that add up. How many times have we looked at, you know, um, uh, bank statements and financial statements, and you're trying to add up numbers to put on the overall 
financial statement financial and numbers don't add systems. up. Uh, yeah. It's beyond. And, and you got to use Excel, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. You no, but if they're giving it. you documents that really just don't add up, you oh, know. Well, well the, the worst is when they go online and they get their numbers from online, from their online statements, oh, no, yeah. but then they give you the, the mailed documents yeah, no. that... Back that changes up a completely every day. different number. Right. Well, I actually, I, I like to get the statements and then I like the online for the most current. This is our snapshot yeah, and then you can put of a, a date you can and put time. put a screenshot on it, yeah, but they, exactly. don't, they don't give it. And and then those numbers change on a daily basis. So then if you get it two oh, days later, then I think later, that account has X amount that, of dollars then in it. it's different. Don't think. I don't care what you're thinking. Show me. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. my mind is, it's a snapshot of a point in time. Pick a date. We're going to say today's date, yeah. tomorrow's date. That's the Print date Print everything we work out with. if you're going to exactly. do it online and use those numbers. Don't do it online where you print it out two days later and the numbers have changed. I usually like it if they just give me all of the documents and then and I do it. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, and then you too. ask questions well, and you have to. Well, that's the best way yeah, to do yeah, it. Exactly. But again, when even when you're doing that and the numbers don't add up, you know, the gray hairs get whiter and it's like, yeah. you know, whatever. You're late at night in the office. It is painstaking. Financial stability, and if I try to do it at home, then I say, where's the bottle of wine? And then I'm, I, get, I get a little too crazy, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, so financial, this is why they need us. That's right. Financial stability you know, for buildings, co-op buildings, they want to see past, current, and future that you're going to be able to mm-hmm. you know, get into the building. They want a clean personal history. You're the right fit for the building. This is always so controversial, and we've talked about it many times on the show. Thank God we don't have to worry about fair housing here, but you have to be the right fit for individual buildings. Mm-hmm. Some co-ops don't care. Some do. And when you when your agent tells you up front, and I've said this many times before, you can't live in that building, and they say, well, why not? I could afford to, and you can't, period. And here are the reasons why. You may not be the right fit for the, for the, for the building, and we're not going to go there today, but there are all kinds of extenuating extenuating circumstance a clean personal history were you arrested mm. in the past or are you were you a bank robber in the past and accept to get into a expect to get into a co-op on fifth avenue or park avenue ain't gonna happen also got to check your 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 google search right absolutely and, you know maybe you have yes. the same name as as somebody who's done something bad you know so you have to be able That's to happened, be, yes. get get in advance my very that. first happens. board turned down 18 years i've only had two one just wouldn't listen to me and me and and and, and um, made me submit an incomplete package. I'm like, you're getting turned down. But the other one was a, the son of a very well-known fashion designer. He wanted to buy in a five-unit Soho co-op and made no money because he got all his money from his trust. Mm. Couldn't support it. But then on uh, you Google him, and it's all about his – he was like 24 partying. at the time. All partying, yeah. all the drug use mm-hmm. in a five-unit co-op, they went a family that. co-op, and he got turned down. And the, the dad was like, and it was so cool to meet this guy, but um, that's a whole different show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he got turned down and they were appalled. Yeah, like, of course. Well, what do you think? Well, Let's because Google most yourself. people say, I can afford it, I can this, I can that. Best is when they pay cash for the apartment, all cash, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and do they still get turned down. we need to show the paperwork? Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, they say that, yeah. Here's another one. Prove yes. you're a good neighbor with uh, professional relationships. How do you prove that you're a good neighbor and you reference have professional relationships? Reference letters. Reference yeah. letters. And how many of us read reference letters that are just beyond ridiculous? I mean, yeah. beyond ridiculous. Or and you three lines. Really? Does this person actually know you? <laughs> Correct. Right. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not going to fly. Well, it's not important to fly. give samples. 
Agreed. Right. Oh, always. Yeah. Well, absolutely. but when you give samples and and they and then return you still get a three liner, <laughs> you still get a three liner, or then you say, or the samples come back the exact same sample as all three letters yeah. that you gave. You're like uh, we're gonna have to mix this up I've a little bit. That. Well, and they say I'm not going to ask my friend or my this or my that to rewrite the letter again. You're gonna have to just accept that. I'm like, no. How about if you write the letter for them, just ask them to sign it? I gave you multiple examples. I always tell my buyers that it's like pledging a fraternity or sorority. Everyone in the building has done it to get in. Don't think of yourself as like being, Special. you know, yeah, being put on the butcher block. Yeah. Everyone's been there. Yeah. Everyone's in the building. They've they've joined the fraternity or sorority. Yeah, absolutely. And and some buildings joined, it actually does matter accepted. more than others who the letters are coming from. You know, a lot of them, but but some of the mm. very very stringent co-ops, it actually really matters. And like, on letter title, yeah, who they are, yeah. Yeah. Who they are pedigree exactly. exactly. Right. Right. No, no, not a family accuracy. member. No, no faxed issue. I mean, no fax. Uh, faxes of letter. <laughs> All right, we've got a few minutes left. And a condo development is one of the special things about owning one and living in New York City is that in many cases you have uh, very spectacular views and light. As Anna said, also you got floor to ceiling windows. Some of these iconic buildings. Uh, you could be looking at River, Central Park, Bridges, or the Manhattan skyline. So when you have floor-to-ceiling windows, oftentimes I struggle with this as a new condo development salesperson trying to get it staged and get it warm-looking and whatever. problem I have and a lot of people have is, how the hell do you decorate these apartments? Every wall is a window. Okay. Where do you put anything? And it's a problem. It is so, a problem. So as we said earlier in the show, you got to be very creative with you know your um, – your plan, not only in text, but in staging and decorating, how do you decorate a, a, a unit that's all, all windows? They actually I don't have really cool mechanisms now where you can um, hang paintings on from wires on the ceiling or like floating TVs. And, and I mean, there, there are a lot TVs, of really, yes. really cool things that you can do. Yep. A um, TV that comes out of the ceiling for yep. a Hy- yeah. Hydraulic nice. Nice. TVs, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have, <laughs> I to, you have to be able to afford those mechanisms. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but if you're affording the apartment, then you should probably. Also a projector. Okay. You know, that's also good. Some people don't watch TV, Well, too, the biggest so. problem I, yeah, you know. Project- but yeah. the biggest problem I had with a penthouse I sold um, last summer for uh, almost $8 million, the only thing they kept saying is, well, where do I put a television? Because literally the, the entertaining floor was literally all glass. So <laughs> I said, well, and we had the sofa there. He said, but there's no spot to put the TV. I said, of course there is. There's the window, mm-hmm. right? You, 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 you install it in the ceiling and you push a button and it comes down. Mm-hmm. When you want to watch it, you push it back up. When you don't want to watch it. Correct. He said... Wow, perfect. Yep. He said, I'm sure that's going to be costly. And I said to him, I said, well, all things considered, so was the apartment. $7.5 million apartment. You know, yeah. Yeah. he did it. It's worth it. He did it. Yeah. How else are you going to do it? There literally is no place else to put it. All I say is before, because I hear buyers say to me afterwards, because I remain in buildings sometimes, you know, whatever. Right. I, you know, yeah. I, I just, I, I bought this sofa and I'm afraid to put it in front of the glass window because now I'm blocking the view. You're not blocking the whole view. Right. You know, put in the middle of the room. If you're living in a glass box, then you just kind of, <laughs> you you kind of have Plenty to put of somewhere. <laughs> Plenty yeah. of people watch TV anymore. Yeah. I know, right? Clearly. <laughs> and a lot of people put curtains now <clears throat> that exactly. move, and then they put the curtains in so they don't get the glare of the sun right. to right. watch TV. Right. But TV watching is usually two hours in the evening. So exactly. what yeah. are you losing? When it's dark yeah. outside right. anyway, and exactly. you're just looking at a building. All right, we got to go. That's it for today. Thank no, you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram at Vince Rocco. Earl Nightingale says, all you need is the plan, the roadmap, and the courage to press on to your destination. And one of my favorites is back from Norman Vincent Peale. He says, shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Be kind to one another. Join us next week. Diane Ramirez, CEO and chairman of Halstead Real Estate. 
uh, will be joining us. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, thank you for joining us. And I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. We'll be right back.